Hello, welcome to episode 22 of Horror Dads. We are always happy to have you here with us. Today we are super happy to have some friends with us from um, a movie they're making, Hillsborough Road. We are going to do an episode about 80s throwback movies because that's what Hillsborough Road is. And here we go. Yeah, this John. is... John, Johnny! Oh shit! What's up, buddy? Dude, I uh, I really enjoyed this one. Um, these guys are really humble. They're nice dudes. They're courteous. They're also podcasters, so they really like. They understood the dynamic of of like cadence of speaking, and these guys were a lot of fun. So I'm yeah. I'm really glad we did this. It's um, funny because when you talk to people who. Uh, you know, like, in, in your mind, in your head, you go, like, okay, these guys make movies, like, fuck, like, they're probably, like, what do I even say? Like, who the fuck am yeah, I to talk to someone I? making a film? Yeah. And then you talk to them, and you're like, okay, well. They're just guys. Yeah, and they're, they're just really. Guys. You just do what you do. And these two specific dudes are really humble, really nice, very kind, courteous, like I said. So, we had a lot of fun talking with them. Yep. And we are going to dig into some 80s throwback films. I do need to call it a light, uh. The fact that I screwed up on this. Now you fucked up is what you did. I really effed this up hard. Yeah. So, uh, well, Jamie, you don't get a free pass on this, you son of a bitch. Oh, do I not? No, because last Sunday we had a preliminary call with uh, Eric and with Larry, uh, who we interview here. Wait, 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 wait. Are you going to try to insinuate that because you scheduled the call during my Steelers game <laughs> that this is somehow my fault? Because this is absolutely not my fault. You come to my house. Well, this was two weeks ago. Where I'm watching my game. Yeah. It was two weeks ago. And you say to me, hey, uh, we're talking to these guys in five minutes. And I was like, no, I I am not. I am most certainly not. I was in the middle of a tight game. I was already drunk. Well, I was in the middle of a tight game trying to remember the name of this fucking film. So they gave us their top three films. I heard one thing, I wrote down another, we prepared one thing, we didn't prepare another. So one of the three films that we discuss that uh, Eric and Larry pick as their top three 80s horror uh, throwback is not the right one. So you're going to see what that is momentarily, but uh, let's get into our normal stuff here, buddy. What have you been watching lately? You know, it's like if somebody said, uh, we're going to talk about the yacht, and then you say, hey, we're going to talk about the boat, (laughs) right? That's essentially the same. Basically. All right, so what now? What did you say? Friday the 13th is in 20 minutes. It is, yeah. What have you Raise been watching up. lately? Lift it up. Here it comes. Raise the flag. Yeah. Um, all right, so I watched... Dude, I have been putting this off because I hate the home invasion shit. Um, but I watched Knock Knock. How was it? It was exactly as you... I've not seen Knock Knock because I put it off for the but same But you know reasons. what it is, right? Yes, I but I put it off for the same reasons. Yeah, with our boy Keanu. Okay, so <clears throat> if you didn't watch it for those reasons, I wouldn't recommend watching it because it's exactly that. I can't say that I'm glad I watched it um, because I'm not. I, I don't like movies like that. It's just not my thing. Um, it, like, it Any, is what it is. I watched it, it's about done. It? Like, no, there's not. Here's the thing is there's people... I, I'm not trying to put down what any... I know that people love movies like this. There are people who love the home invasion, um, almost torturous type bullshit um, that you love. Yeah. It's not bullshit. 
Uh, for me, it kind of is because it's not, it's just not my thing. It's not my bag. I like I. Here's the thing: is there's people who love horror for like actual like. I can't watch this. You know what I mean? The shock value thing. Yeah, the shock yeah. value thing. There's people who love that. That's not my thing. I I I want to watch it to. Um, I mean, I will watch it like that. But I'm not gonna love it like Poughkeepsie tapes. I watched it. It's done. It's gone. I'll I'm not. I'm not buying again. that on Blu-ray. I'm actually it's pissed done. you brought it. Yeah, up. yeah. So that that's my point here. Is like, knock knock. I'm glad I watched it. I'm not buying this shit on Blu-ray. One buck on Blu-ray. I'm not fucking buying it. One buck. Okay. I'm not doing it. You've been watching anything that you like? Um, n- no, <laughs> nothing horror related. So. The other thing I wanted to bring up is I did watch uh, 30 Miles, 37 Miles to whatever the fuck. What is it? 30 Miles from Nowhere? Yeah. Yeah, what do you think? That you recommended, yeah. Yeah. So I watched it. It's fine. Um, it's, I will say this. It's fine up until the end. The end is bullshit. Yeah. Go away with that fucking end. The end is like the movie takes itself as seriously as Saw does or something like that, and it tries to give you this like masterful shock ending and you're like well okay yeah but in a way where it's like no that that's not the cops would never fucking act like yeah th- that's ridiculous so that but i and if did the cops did act like that hang on i did preface law, i did preface for you i said this is the kind of movie you would throw on sci-fi in college and it would be on in the background you'd be like oh this movie is a sci-fi movie it's fine i'm not knocking you at all yeah I'm, uh, no you definitely prefaced it you said what it was which watch is fine. the shed. It, it is what it is so we we this is the first time we've ever had three episodes in three weeks so we we're uh running running tight on uh things we've been watching just because we're going week to week um because we've had so many great guests queued up which is cool but i did finally watch in search of darkness this week which was great you made it through all of it? Um, I did. It took me a couple weeks to get through all of it. Uh, it took me a couple days. The one thing I will say about it, so I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. The guests, the contributors are great. Uh, ben from Fright Rags was on it, which How was so cool. How about the way that, I mean, there's so many people from just like the horror industry that you're like, oh yeah, Ryan Turk, cool. Yeah. Uh, but there's like, how, how about the way they present like the next movie they're going to talk about? And it's like kind of like circulates into like the one and you're like oh is it going to be this one is it going to be Friday? oh when they do the mosaic of all the different vhs covers yeah i thought it was i thought it was really cool so good Uh, i loved the format and the presentation the one thing that i mean it's it's fuck it's fantastic but the pace that they go through it is pretty rapid so you look and you're like okay it's four and a half hours well i mean it's gotta be rapid think about they hit an entire decade yeah so it it's great though like if you've not seen that and you like this and don't like documentaries, it's not really... Is your complaint here that they focus more on some and less on some that you would prefer? Is that a complaint? I I don't know if it's a complaint, it's just an observation. Yeah. So I thought it was great. There's like a part two coming out. A nine out of ten or a ten out of ten, but uh, I I was hoping they would do maybe 90s, you know? I thought that would be I mean, I would love to see that format in every decade. Yeah. For sure. I love the 80s. I love the horror 90s. But they could almost do one year of each decade as an episode, as a, you know, full they 90 minute episode. They could certainly make that like a series, yeah. But, you know, get, getting all those people in the same space to do interviews on stuff, it's hard. So yep. it's like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna ask you these 
15 questions while I have you. And, and like uh, we just so. mentioned previously, they have all these like horror icons on there. Yeah, which is cool. Yep. But uh, Darcy, the male, male girls on there. Yeah. Like yeah, just yeah. literally everybody. What's going on with family, man? So since last we talked, uh, not too much other than the kids are just shitsters. Uh, before yeah. I came over here, my two-year-old, who's going to be three Saturday... Yeah. Yeah, fuck. Um, he Time's a weird thing, man. He's doing this weird thing where he won't eat. Mm. Luna's doing the same just thing. Just wants snacks. Yeah. Cheese puffs. Snacks. Fuck. Snacks, yeah. So, right before I left to come over here to your house, where we're doing our podcast, um, he says to me that he wants Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> so I said to my wife, I was like, has he eaten dinner yet? And she said no. So I was like, okay, well... I will let you eat Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but we have to have milk in it. Right? Make it some sort of nutrition. Some sort of protein. Like, you start reasoning with yourself as a parent, as a shitty parent. Like, well, as long as it's got, like, fucking yeah. calcium. So, so anyways, sound? I pour him the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. He's pleased. He starts munching on it. I get the milk out. I said, okay, here comes the milk. No, I don't want milk. I'm pouring the milk as he says this, right? So I put the milk away. I turn around. The bowl is upside down. Ugh, dude. Milk all over the fucking place. And this is like as you're leaving to come here? Yes. Yep. So I was probably like a horror movie villain. You were the stepfather. I was, yes. Who am I here? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You Terry O'Quinn. It's easy to slip into that, man. Uh, But on a fun note, my son and my neighbor, I think I previously mentioned this, that my son and my neighbor kid, um, they're a year apart. He's a year older than my son. But <clears throat> they've been making these like little horror films that they make. So he showed me on the iPad this movie that him and this kid made. And it was part like pride and part like, where do I hide? <laughs> because it was it's so it's very found footage because it's on the iPad, right? And they're mm-hmm. like And then I was like, "Wait, are you in character here?" Or, and then like are you narrating? I see a fake dead body like, "Oh, dude, it was What? Yes. No, wait. When you see this, I'm going to show it Call to you." Call the fucking doctor. Yeah, and like, you know what's funny is that, so I said to my wife, um I was like, "Hey, did you watch the uh movie that Rylan, Rylan made?" And she was like, uh, yes, I did. And it's creepy as fuck. And I was like, it is, it is creepy as fuck. It, I, like, I couldn't tell if it, it certainly wasn't meant to be this creepy, but it is, it, the problem is it's creepier than I feel like it should be. It's and, probably creepier uh, than they even re- realize. It, it, no, exactly, dude, exactly. But well, it's fun. It's fun to see. And I want to facilitate, uh, my son's love of like filmmaking into, you never know what he could become. Dude, you never know. Yeah, could become Dawson, right? <laughs> you just got to move near a creek and you'll be set, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. You got Katie Holmes living down the creek. Yep. Um, my my family antic is actually related to my what I'm wearing thing. So I have on my uh, my new... I see you're wearing this like wrestling singlet. <laughs> it's a, John, John it's a always, small... every time we do these podcasts, John's wearing a wrestling singlet. <laughs> Like from high school. A different wrestling. horror movie yeah. on it. 
No, so I've got my Vincent Drug t-shirt on from uh, our buddies in Alone in the Dark uh, podcast. I know we talk about them quite often, but this shirt is fucking great. But No, you my... know what I say is we don't talk about them enough. Yeah. Although anyone who listens is like, yes, you do. You talk about them much. plenty enough. Let's talk about Matt Pepler and Alone in the Dark a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I bought that Vincent Drug t-shirt and I this. own it as well. Dude. Wait, what color did you buy it in? What colorway? The white. Oh, you went with the straight white? Yeah. What did you do? I did cream. You went cream? Who wouldn't do cream? Say cream again. Creme. <laughs> creme fresh. I went creme fresh color. So I got I got the... Did you know that you can select your own color? Yeah. 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 Okay, so you still chose the regular yeah. flat white. It was mocked up on the white and it looked great. Yeah. You should see it on the cream. So, the kids, though... It looks amazing. They're obsessed with this shirt, because there's so much to look at and so much to digest. Dude, you know what's funny is I... So, I busted this out. Halloween... I bought this shirt. So, here's the thing, is... We all love Halloween 4, right? Um, So, I put this on... Like, I bought this when um, Alone in the Dark released this. I could not believe it even was an actual shirt, because it's like, if I could design my own shirt from Halloween 4, that's what I would design. It would be this, yeah. So, anyways... I bought this uh, probably a week or two before Halloween. <clears throat> it came. I I was like just sitting on it, like, I, I, you know how I'm it is. Like, it you have right certain time. clothes, yeah. like I can't fucking. Um, so, like for Friday Thirteenth now, it's to the point where it's like, all right, I wake up, I put this shirt on. Uh, then like noon, I'll put this other shirt on because I want to be able to hit all my favorites. <laughs> get, get them all on, yeah. Um, but anyway, so I put this shirt on for the first time on Halloween. Uh, morning, I'm wearing it like for the first half of the day. So my oldest son, the seven year old, he goes like, "Dad, that shirt is awesome." Yeah, he like loved it. And, and so and Finley and Luna both were they they were looking at and Luna was like, "What's what's that? What's that? What's that?" And all the different things, yeah. dude. Just walking through each uh, element of it with the her sunglasses. The yeah, it's all it's good. A, it's a great shirt, and they were really really into it, which was kind of cool and kind of fun. So. Um, but what do you wear, man? Design. So, actually, if you looked at me right now, you'd be like, hey, uh, what time is that ritual concert that you're going to? Because <laughs> I'm wearing this amazing, amazing fucking t-shirt that we got from our buddy Matt uh, Ryan Tobin. And I'm also wearing my beanie, my ritual beanie uh, from him as well. So I'm wearing a ritual t-shirt, a ritual beanie. Um, I have my ritual uh, boxer shorts on. <laughs> So my I'm ritual, good to go here. My ritual cleats. Yeah. Uh, I, for honestly, like we <laughs> talked about this a couple episodes ago, but Matt sent us a, a uh, care package, care package yeah. with all this shit and just like I want it all on at all times. Yep. So yeah, great dude and great I was shirt. Listening and actually, I was not because I was wearing. I heard this you humming the uh, chorus too. But I was listening yeah. to Ritual on the way over here today, and dude, while we were setting just, up the equipment, I heard him humming over there. I was like, oh, he was clearly yeah. listening to. So I'm bursting, yeah. just with Ritual pride. Have you been buying anything lately? Let's just be honest here. I have not since the last time we spoke, uh, but I will be buying stuff soon, and next time I'll talk about it. So I, bu- I bought one thing. What about you? Yeah, I bought. What'd you get? Uh, Terror Train on Blu-ray. Whoa. Yeah, because How I. How much? It was like twenty bucks. Oh, um, yikes! But I'm heading. We're heading into into winter, right? So it's. Yeah, twenty bucks. November thirteenth. Fuck. Was it's it four K? It's a Screen Factory, huh. so it's yeah. like. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. And there was a moment in time when that that film was not very accessible on Blu-ray, so. 
I love that movie so much, and it's a it's a great winter yeah. film. And I actually already have it on Blu-ray. Oh, so fuck you. <laughs> What'd you spend? I, I have no no goddamn money. Twenty three bucks, I bet you. Probably like bitch. twelve. It's probably some <laughs> shitty ass. It's definitely not Scream Factory. Yeah. So I mean, we've got a a pretty lengthy interview with these guys. Um, so you you want to get into it? Let's do it. Welcome to episode 22 of Horror Dads. We are thrilled today to be joined by our new friends Larry Sands and Eric Kazlov. Uh, so Larry is a producer, an actor, cinematographer, um, among uh, other things, and Eric is a director, writer, and editor for a new film project that they're uh, launching an Indiegogo for uh, called Hillsborough Road. So welcome, guys. Thank you so much for having us on the show. I am super excited to be here. Yeah, guys, we're excited to have you on and talk about this uh, movie you guys are putting together. Yeah, thank you for having us, for sure. In the prep call, I was asking how to introduce you guys, so it seems like you're really, really rooted in the industry, rooted in film, um, rooted in the genre, which is really cool. Um, we we prominently talk to a lot of you know like horror graphic designers and, and graphic artists, and uh, we've been making an effort to make sure we include... You know, folks that are involved in the uh, in the industry in this way too. So it's awesome to to have you guys on to to talk about this. But can you guys introduce yourselves a little bit and talk through you know what you do in the the industry and and how you how you kind of got into this, uh, Larry? Maybe we could start with you. Okay, sure. Yes, uh, I have been in the industry. Gosh, I guess for pretty much twenty years. I started as an actor, moved. Moved to L.A. Uh, very late 90s, early 2000s, and uh, started out in front of the camera as an actor. Did did a lot of um, commercials and, and kind of I got burnt out on being an actor because when you're an actor, you know, you get a bunch of no's and sometimes you get a yes and, you know, it kind of keeps you going. But then all of a sudden you realize, do I really want to keep doing this? And so um, I kind of transitioned to filmmaking, I guess, to kind of fuel my creative desire. Uh, and I find that as a cinematographer and an editor, because I edit as well and do graphics and sound design, um, I, I find that feeds my appetite for creativity a little bit better because as an actor, you're a, a vessel for a director um sure. yeah you know, i feel like you, before entering the industry a lot of people look like i in my mind as it relates to film i feel like directors and lead actors are kind of like the quarterbacks on a team and mm -hmm. obviously when you enter the industry it's like hey everybody wants to be quarterback right but there are right. so many other critical aspects to every kind of team every kind of assembly every kind of makeup so i have to ask though in in the um Info that you guys sent in advance, the press kit that you sent, you, mm -hmm. there were a bunch of uh, references to commercials that you've been in. Um, so were you, were you really in? Uh, can you talk about some of the the big ones that you're in? Because they, they were pretty cool. 
I have a funny story about me using his popularity for my own means. <laughs> well, it works, man. Commercial success, if you will. <laughs> That's exactly. Um, my, you know, my very first commercial I I ever did was a national commercial, and it played for I don't know how long, maybe three or four years. Um, but for three, okay. Um, and it was for V8 Splash. It's nice. surprisingly refreshing and really free. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> One of the most wildest things was I did a, a Sega commercial. And, oh, um, and uh, I, I was sitting in a movie theater. I think it was at Christmas time. I had gone home to Texas. We had gone home. To Texas, and I was sitting in the movie Bounce. I remember it. I was sitting with my mom and dad, and uh, the movie with, was with uh, uh, Ben Affleck and Gwyneth Paltrow, I think. And, uh, you know, this is when they had first started putting commercials in front of movies. And I was just sitting there, the lights go down. I was sitting with my mom and dad, and all of a sudden, I hear my voice come over, and it was like, My name is Rio Hazuki. I was like, Oh my God, that's me. And I started to sink in my chair because I got really nervous. And then all of a sudden, my mom looked at me. She goes, Larry, is that you? <laughs> it, was, it was great. That's was really funny, man. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's funny, too, that like you, you just jumped into both of those lines. Uh, and those are like 20-year-old 20, 20, uh, 20 commercials. <laughs> we'll have questions for you about uh, the, the more recent stuff you're doing in your career, for sure, too. I just mm -hmm. thought it'd be fun to... To cool, hit some yeah. of those, but Eric, what, what about you, man? Um, um, before I tell my history, I want to talk about the me exploiting Larry's fame for a, for a little bit. Um, we were both living in LA at the time, and there's this place right near Venice Beach called the Third Street Promenade. You've seen it in countless movies, and there's this store there called Puzzle Zoo. They've got all these cool toys and stuff. So me, Larry, I think your Mitzi was there. And this yeah. other guy we knew named Eric. We yeah. were at one end of the store looking at stuff. Larry was at the other. And I just go, oh, my God, it's the guy from the V8 Splash commercial. <laughs> <laughs> and this tourist all turned in unison. <laughs> and we're following him. Well, there you go, man. <laughs> my history starts, it's that, uh, it's so typical when you hear filmmakers talk about this. When I was a little kid, about seven or eight, my mom, dad, and grandma, grandpa got me a VHS camcorder. Remember the gigantic ones? Oh, yeah, the, the, the suitcase. The I still full VHS would fit in, yeah. Oh, yeah, they got me one of those, and I started making these really horrible movies with my sisters, my dog, and my action figures. <clears throat> and then just from there, you know, I've always been the guy that, the movie guy. Uh, in first grade, I went as Jason Voorhees to the Halloween party at school, and other kids weren't too happy about my meat cleaver I was holding. They were scared of it. I almost got in trouble. And here's that. I was living in Jersey at the time. When I moved to L.A., um, I almost went into 
full-time youth ministry, like going to Bible college and stuff. Really? Yeah, but I've always had this passion for storytelling and filmmaking, and I basically had to tell my family, hey, listen, you know that whole honorable thing of going into ministry and sharing the gospel of Christ with thousands? Yeah, no, I'm going to make horror movies. And uh, a lot of people are going to get killed, and we're going to use gallons and gallons of blood. Gallons and gallons of blood. Um, Then I went to Los Angeles City College, made a bunch of crappy movies. One good one that I almost had my name taken off of that went to the Cannes Film Festival, a short film I did called The Percipient. Oh, no shit. What year was this? Uh, this was like 2015, I think. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. And three years ago, after moving back to Jersey six years ago, I made my short film, Her Name Was Samantha, that was all shot in my apartment and outside of it, day after Christmas, 2017. And after that, you know, I actually got a break. Um my pretty got into a bunch of smaller festivals, took home an award. Jamie has a question for you guys. Um, but the context of this question is somewhat funny because again, um, Eric, you shared some information with me about Larry and, uh, it seems like I'll just go ahead and, and let the cat out of the bag. Now, uh, Larry, you are more par- partial toward the Hallmark films, uh, that, 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 uh, play, <laughs> Around this time of year, around Christmas time, oh, you're a Hallmark holiday guy. <laughs> I am. So I'll let Jamie ask the question now, but uh, we'll... so what brings you got? What brought you guys to horror? Did you guys grow up? I think um, Eric kind of discussed how he grew up, kind of as a horror fan. Did you as well, Larry? Okay, so I am not an avid horror fan. Okay. So here's here I'm I'm I. We converted him, though. Me and Dylan have converted him to being a horror fan. There's nothing wrong with that at all. There's a lot of people who realize they love horror late in life, which is totally fine. And this is interesting perspective, I think, for for a lot of people that listen to our podcast, because I'd say most of the people that listen to the podcast are horror fans, so we're interested to hear from you on this. Uh, this So I am... Okay, I watch horror with two hands. And I watch it with like through the crack of my fingers. If you could see me, I've got, and you could see with, yeah, I can see through a little piece of my finger when I have my face covered. Um, that's how I kind of watch horror films. Is um, it is it the the suspense that gets to you, or is it the gratuitous like you don't like people being sawed in half and stuff? Oh no, no, I love that. It, I think it's. The suspense. <laughs> I, I, I oh think, yeah, no, and, and I love you, gore. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think it's the suspense of it all, and I think that's what makes a really great um, horror film. Even if it's a, a horrible horror film, if it if it can make me go, oh my god, and cover my face and just kind of wait for the jump scare or yeah. or something to happen, um, yeah, that's that's the deal. It doesn't that's, it doesn't matter if the movie's necessarily shitty or you know a critical darling if it has those moments of suspense if it has like the the the, like hell house for instance we were kind of referencing this before we started recording uh that's a movie that it's not the most highbrow films 
But it touched me in a way where I was like, I am fucking scared. Yeah. Like, I was, like, no, shutting my window and some shit. some legitimate you know? um, moments. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that, yeah, that's what attracts you to, toward the production of the genre? You know, that... So I, I like, early maybe 2010, 2012, somewhere around there, I forget. Maybe it's 2008. We did a horror film, me and my brother. Um... Uh, we did a horror film called Recycled Parts, and that was the very first horror film that that I had ever shot as I transitioned into uh, being a filmmaker. But I absolutely loved it, man. We cut off people's legs, we cut off body parts, we chopped off a guy's head, and we got we had a guy crawling with no legs. I, it was absolutely, it was. You talk about it was an absurd horror movie, which it was supposed to be. I mean, this is not like a, you know, but it was, it was absolutely amazing. Um, Wes Craven because, actually, I think, was the one that had had made comments about how, how tense and un, just unbelievably stressful and difficult and challenging it is to make comedies, and how fun mm-hmm. it is to make horror films, and. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think he was just like, yeah, no, everyone wants to die. Everyone wants to get the makeup put on them. Everyone's, everyone wants to have buckets of, of blood thrown on them. Whereas in comedies, it's like the joke didn't land. Fuck, this isn't funny. Uh, no, no one's laughing. Everything's tense. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can go with that. I can absolutely go with that. Um, but, yeah, you know, like horror film to me and i really i i have to say since we've been doing our our not your average or uh, not that one but sorry we do so many uh the uh smells like teen horror podcast about horror films that they make they make me watch these crazy movies mm-hmm. that i love so much now and and it is weird because you know eric eric loves the 80s and after watching you know, the the 90s into the early 2000s, you can see how horror has progressed into not being, it, it just, it's so serious nowadays. It's not like, you know, back then it was all about blood and, and maybe you see like a naked girl run around and that's why you go rented the VHS because of the naked chick and, you know, the body parts flying. But um, it's... It's become very aware. I've become very aware of horror because of Eric, and and I mean that in in the best way possible. Yeah, we all need that friend. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, John was that friend for me that kind of elevated me into, you know, I always liked horror. I would watch horror, but then John had me watching stuff where I was typically was like, I you know, this isn't necessarily my thing. Well, he'd come over to my college apartment. He'd be like, Why do you have four copies of the same movie? And I'd be like, Well. <laughs> The reason That's I have four copies is the same. Yeah. <laughs> and now, uh, yeah. now our kids' college would be paid for if we didn't have well, like this. I, I remember, for instance, I watched uh, Hatchet at Your House the first time. Oof. And I was like, why would you own this? Like, what is this? Yeah. Hatchet. And that's a great movie. Yeah. Tony Todd. We and now I about. own, like, all, the whole franchise, you know? I saw Hatchet opening day at the, uh, Arclight Theater in Hollywood. It was maybe me and five other people, and we had the best time watching that movie, man. So, I, 
I mean, that sounds amazing, but I was going to ask, are you guys from California? Did you guys meet there? Where did you guys, like, hook up? How did this <clears throat> come about? You want to tell the story of where we met, or should I? Oh, oh no, this is great. Were you guys sharing you, a glass of V8 it, Splash while playing Sega no, Genesis? Uh, <laughs> so the king of horror, here's the king of horror. From my perspective, the king of horror will tell you how we met and where we, we met. We were working on a church play together. Yeah. <laughs> on a, a, what was that, Eric? A church play? A church play, yeah. I what is a church play? Fire. Just like a, was, a play well, within a church? Easter, an, Easter, an Easter play. Okay. Yeah. And I, I actually know the, know this all too well. I'm the heathen in the room. Yeah, you're I'm the like, heathen. I was on the choir. Larry was acting in it. And I think I had an NWO shirt on. Because I'm, I'm a huge wrestling fan, and this is when everybody was a wrestling fan. Oh, yeah. I know exactly the time frame you're talking about. Like 1997. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Why are you dressed like Sting? It's not Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> this is my church attire, bro. Back the fuck off. Well, again, I was a punk rock kid, so I would go to church with my hair spiked like up, punk, yeah. and golf pants. Oh, yeah, that. fucking wallet chain. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And that's, you know, where we met, and we both found out we had a passion for film and rock music. You did mention a key phrase there, though, which is... Uh, and Larry, I think it might have been you that mentioned it. So the 80s throwback concept. So that's really the, the focus and the theme of our episode. And we really want to make sure we have some uh, some FaceTime for you guys here because uh, part of the reason that we're here by the time this comes out, um, so tomorrow is, is the holy day, right? Tomorrow's Friday the 13th. It's a holiday for all yeah. of us. Uh, but that's by the right. time this comes out, um, the, uh, the Indiegogo will have launched for your new project that you guys are both working on, uh, which yes. is called Hillsborough Road. So let's let's get into that a little bit. Let's talk Hillsborough Road. Um, talk through the inspiration behind it, uh, kind of a little summation, and then also you know the Indiegogo component. You know, if people do want to contribute toward the crowdfunding of the project, how they can do that. Cool. So the inspiration for Hillsborough Road again came when I moved back to Jersey. I was reading this magazine called Weird New Jersey. Are you guys familiar with it? No, I, I am not. Okay, basically it has all these, you know, weird stories from New Jersey. And I fell upon this thing called Pig Lady Road. And if you Google Pig Lady Road, there is this image in it. And the second I saw it, it screamed slasher movie to me. But I knew that I know no one can own an urban legend, so I changed a lot of it. Like instead of a pig lady, we have a pig boy. And the two movies that heavily inspired it, and what was great is other people told me this when they read the script, and the two movies were Dazed and Confused and Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. Well, that sounds like a great combination. Yeah, oh, and it, it really is. Friday Thirteenth Part Six is one of our favorites, and that's uh, probably something we'll be both watching tomorrow. So, yeah, I just recently got a VHS of it off of eBay a few weeks ago. In mm. fact, right when the box set launched, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna wait on the box set. Anyone could buy that. A real gangster has it on VHS. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I felt so shitty about myself when we were interviewing Vincent that I hadn't bought the box set. That actually, while we were interviewing him, I bought the box set. So <laughs> Jamie was like glaring at me. He's like, "You have Friday Thirteenth tattoo. You're not a fan. A real fan would have the box set." So See, I had to do it. What makes me love Jason so much is he's from Jersey. <laughs> yeah, he is. In the park, the place where they filmed it, they have a Friday the 13th wing to their local museum. That's crazy. He's the only serial killer that likes good fucking pizza. I mean, come on. Amen. Amen. My dad uh, grew up in Jersey, so I'm very familiar with the pizza there. Um, okay, so sorry. Back to Hillsborough Road. So the inspiration came from this, uh, this story, though. So we're looking at a mix between Friday the 13th, Days of Confused. Um, yeah, so what inspired you to set it in the 80s instead of uh, current day? Well, um, one of the movies, I'm going to wait because there's a movie I saw that inspired it. But the main thing is technology. I mean, if you have a cell phone yeah. nowadays and you're in the woods, you can't say there's no reception because that doesn't exist anymore. So if you're being chased by a psychopath, all you got to do is hide and call the police. And you should be fine with, you know, them tracking you. Yeah. But in the 80s, if you were in the woods and there was a psycho chasing you, you know, you got one choice. Get right with Jesus and wait to die. Or write a letter and hope an owl picks it up and drops it exactly. in the lap of the chief yeah. of police. Yeah. Yeah. Goddamn carrier pigeon. Carrier pigeon. Yeah, you, have, you had no chance in the 80s, and it was such a much more different and innocent time. Like, I love 90s slashers. I've got six copies of Scream on VHS, all the different versions released in North America. Oh, man. Nice. But a film like Hillsborough Road could not exist in the 90s. Or today, it could only happen in the 80s because for film, it was just such a lighthearted time. You know, I think about movies like April Fool's Day, oh, how great, great all those characters were. Yeah, man. The Blob remake. Uh, so that, speaking kind of, of April Fool's Day, that, uh, that song within April Fool's Day. If that doesn't oh make you feel goodness. like you should go to a wedding and dance for 405 hours straight, like, <laughs> I, I, oh, as soon as man. I hear that song, I instantly am like, I'm going to get my wedding outfit on and I'm going to start drinking scotch right this second and I will dance. I'll do it in this moment. So, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. For some reason, that song always reminded me of the cover of Putting on the Ritz from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Not far off, man. Um, <laughs> how 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 did you come up with the name, Hillsborough? Is it an um, actual road? Yeah, I um, mean, it's actually based on Hillsborough, New Jersey, is where Pig Lady Road is. Okay, so that's interwoven with that. So the legend. name of the road is not it. You adapted your own title to make it Hillsborough Road. It was an original. It's originally known as Pig Lady Road. Exactly, yeah. Gotcha. But again, I didn't. I was like, man, I don't want to put all this stuff and then, you know, weird New Jersey comes after me because they own the urban legend. So yeah. I changed yeah, I know it mean. enough that it's my story. So this is one of those like local neighborhood urban legends, like we all have. We all like have I used one, to have Jamie. this. Like we used to. Uh, a local we had Zombie Land, right yeah. down in what was that Poland, one Ohio. That we had in Ohio with a house. 
there was like a house that like people would go in. It was like abandoned. They would go inside it. Yeah. I know that place that they just tore down to <clears throat> in Austin Town, that old school. Um, that had some serious like. There was like a country country house in Ohio somewhere, like in the middle of like farmland, Ohio. That, that was that not in Zombieland? Well, maybe that was Zombieland. Yeah, I think That's it was. What I'm asking. Like down, I, I've never PA. been. Yeah. Oh, you've never been? No. Yeah, there's a bridge and a house down in PA uh, called Zombieland, and you go to the bridge and you say something three times in a row, and then yeah, there's always one. An of apparition these. appears, and you do it 406 times as a kid, and it never happens. But you still we talk had, about it when you're 33 on your podcast. We also we also had a um, in Western PA where I grew up. And uh, we used to drive, well, like, we had a loop. I think everyone who, like, smokes pot when they're a teenager has a loop that they drive around. And they, like, smoke the pot in that, rep, that like, route. Like, you drive, like, a loop around your house and, like, your neighborhood so that all the neighbors can see you hitting your pipe. Um, but we had one where there was, like, a bridge where, like, a child hung himself or something, supposedly. So, like, if you park and shut your lights off on the bridge, you'll, like, see the kids swinging. You know, and one if of those you smoke enough weed yeah. in advance. <laughs> yeah, you see yeah, it regardless. You'll see whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's awesome. That's a uh, really amazing premise for a movie. And like, like we already kind of referenced, we both uh, obviously dig the fact that it's set in the '80s. There are just so many things centered around not just '80s nostalgia, but I feel like '80s particularly sort of takes the cake um, unanimously. But there are mm-hmm. podcasts centered around it. There are documentaries centered around it. There are, and it's this phenomenon of nostalgia, which is, which is this really interesting. And I always talk about how, when you watch '80s movies, none of the films mm-hmm. in the '80s are doing throwbacks to times earlier than the '80s. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> but right. now exactly. you started to see it creep in the late '90s, the 2000s, and now we're in 2020, and it's like. A, a huge phenomenon probably because of you know stranger things and that's mass popularity mm-hmm. and mass accessibility to it and seeing what it could do but y- mm-hmm. you look at the earlier generations in the 80s and 90s you didn't see very much of uh movies from prior generations so originality kind of was bred from that 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 scape which is really kind of neat so it's cool that you guys are trying to preserve that and uh we're looking yeah. forward to yeah when we we personally love 80s throwback movies. Like, even now, if it's like, cool. hey, John, it's set in the 80s. He's like, I'm watching it right now. Yeah. So, Jamie, sit right here on my lap, buddy. We're going to watch this whole fucking movie and we're not going to move. <laughs> yep. I think nice. the term really should be 80s exploitation, is the best way I can put what we're getting now. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I I should say Eric and I have had a lot of a lot of a lot of conversations about Hillsborough Road. And one thing that we had kind of talked early on, once we started like getting into the shot list and looking at how to shoot this thing, we you know we were talking one night and we were like, oh, what if we did like a camera and we did like a tracking shot and we were kind of going back and then we kind of stopped. And obviously, I'm I'm on I'm in Texas and California back and forth. Eric is in New Jersey, so we were on Skype and we just stopped and we were like, "Wait, what are we doing?" (laughs) We both looked at each other and go, "We can't shoot it like it's today," you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and if you really think about like um, uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Six in gen, like in that's. 
I mean, there were really, I don't think there were any tracking shots that I can remember, but there were, and so we're, my brain is starting to like get faster than that can talk. There's so many things that, you know, we've talked about, but that was one of the things that we, we wanted to hold true was to shoot it just like an 80s movie. This is spilling the beans a little on the Indiegogo perks, but we have a VHS copy of the movie as one of the perks, and oh, my awesome. goal would be for a horror fan to kind of trick you know, their friends say, hey, listen, I found this really obscure movie at, you know, the Goodwill and the VHS S section. Let's check this out. I think that's what, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the WNUF Halloween special. Oh, yes, I love yeah. that so yeah, much. So good. But I think that's what he, the guy that made that film, I that believe. That was their grassroots campaign. Their yeah. campaign, exactly, was they were like throwing VHSs off the back of truck beds. And people were finding them and picking them up and putting them in and being like, oh, I don't remember this. Um, but that's that's cool. But So speaking of that, Eric, uh, you want to talk a little bit little bit about the indiegogo i don't do you want to release some of the tiers because by the time this releases uh it'll That'll be, already be yeah it'll be public swing. so you want to talk Is through some of that and get into like the movies that we picked yeah uh, yeah let's let's talk about yeah, that let's before. do that now yeah yeah we'll, we'll end with uh your your the films you guys picked okay so we have some real i'm gonna let larry talk about the big ones that we're most excited about the one that I think is absolutely the most affordable is the dollar tier. For $1, you will get a thank you on the webpage and in a massive YouTube video. So if 5,000 people give a dollar, me, Larry, and the entire cast will read every person's name in a video. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Another really affordable one that I like is for $5, you will get a thank you at the end credits of the DVD. The reason it's not in the, the you know, like in a festival run, in the festival run, there will be a thank you to our Indiegogo supporters. Mm -hmm. Because if we put everyone at the end, that would take up more running time than the movie itself. But... <laughs> On the DVD, you will be able to pause it and get the... Like, remember that episode of The Simpsons where Bart paid money to have his name at the end of the Krusty show? And he paused it and went, hey, so it's right That's the, the inspiration for this? Yeah, that was the inspiration yeah. for the yeah. credits. Yeah, yeah. Well, The you know, Simpsons made it successful, so you guys can do it too. You know, that that's the one thing about our perks is they're kind of based on what Eric and I think are cool. Um, and hopefully, and, and I'm really going with what Eric as a horror fan, but even as a, as a film fan, I think, you know, like people in general that are, that love behind the scenes stuff um, and horror in particular, because when you, when you see something that you really love, you want to own a piece of, that film or those those guys that made that film and this is what we're trying to capture um you know one thing that that eric and i equally like think that this is pretty cool because you know you hear walk-on roles and and like you know like you get to be a featured extra actually what we've come up with is uh, uh one of our tiers is a missing persons poster so oh, for $25, yeah, you can actually be in the movie featured 
on one of our missing person poster in Hillsborough Valley. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that's cool. So you've got yeah. $1, $5, $25. What else do you guys have? You want to uh, yes. take through some of these? Well, then we've got uh, yeah. the basic ones. Like for 20 bucks, you get a DVD. For 60 you can get a VHS copy. And I'm telling you now, it's not going to be 4K quality VHS. No, this is going to look like something you would have rented from that local mom and pop place. That's awesome. Before you got a pizza and, you know, went home to watch it. That's the one I'm most passionate about. Well, the other one that we're going to mention and this one are like, they're both tied in my heart for my favorites. Yeah, yeah. We've got... um, Oh, go on. uh Oh, oh, hey, well... One of the the big ones that we kind of came up with is because Hillsborough Road is centered around a bunch of teenagers and Hillsborough High is a high school, obviously, that they're going to. We're going to do a yearbook Uh, with our yearbook. It's going to be in world um, uh, like so all the characters are going to be their characters and have all their cool quotes about what they're going to do for the future. (laughs) Hint, hint. Uh, and then have like a lot of behind the scenes shots um, that we're going to have the, the cast and, and I say the crew, but we're going to be, I mean, there's, this is going to be a, a really small crew, which I'm really proud of, but all the cast, we, we're going to want them to take behind the scenes photos, throw it in the yearbook. But the people that, that actually contribute for the yearbook tier will we'll be able to get their picture in the high school yearbook as an in memoriam. <laughs> that's that's a hilarious idea. That's great. And also with the yearbook one, you know, since you're paying that much money to get the movie made, you're obviously going to want to see it. So you will get a digital copy of the movie as well. Yes. Yeah, what... So... I, I'm not entirely sure how Indiegogo works. Do you guys have like a, a target goal that your like X amount of dollars is what you feel you need to pull off the production? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, do you, Do you want us to tell you or yeah. <laughs> what What we'd like is is ten thousand dollars. Okay. And and in the grand scheme of movie making, that's still a shoestring budget. Which you know, Eric and I again. Being, being, knowing, knowing what it takes to make a film and to be a responsible filmmaker, quote, quote, unquote, a responsible filmmaker. We're trying to be good stewards of our money. Um, that is what we can kind of get away with. Anything over and above, it would just be, you know, it would be fantastic. Sure. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, the ten thousand would be super fantastic. But we're doing a um, flex goal, so if we get three thousand dollars, we're doing we're it. We're gonna somehow find a way to make this for three thousand dollars. I mean, we all might have to share <laughs> one slice of cheese at mealtime, just yeah. you know, bird bites <laughs> on it. But we're gonna get this made. And with our perks, we wanted to make them ridiculously cool and affordable. Like sure. we've got. A digital package where for 15 bucks you get a digital copy of the movie a digital poster and a copy of the script yeah 
Awesome. Really cool. Any any other tiers that you guys want to hit on before we? Oh yeah, we have a. <laughs> okay, yeah. you guys remember things like um, Circus Magazine and uh, Tiger Parade. Beat Tiger Beat Magazine and Kick Parade. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we yeah, have yeah, those... like eighties teeny bopper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. We are going to have another one of those, which is in world, but it's gonna be. <laughs> On our show, Something About the Unknown, the host of that, Heather, Ghost Girl 321, she is going to be our world's version of Tiffany. And it is going to be interviews with her and basically fake in-world stuff deal with these kids <laughs> in Hillsborough Road would have enjoyed. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. It's cool, yeah. too, just to, like, I'm sure this has been one of the more fun aspects of the process. And you guys text each other at like 1030 at night. You're like, oh, shit. Well, it would be so cool if we could do this, this, and this. And it's like, all right, add it to the list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah that, like, and that's really how it goes. That's yeah. absolutely how it goes. And I should I should mention, you know, we do another podcast, uh, Something About the Unknown, which is uh, Heather, uh, Ghost Girl 321. She is one of the hosts. And uh, we recently had on a medium on our show. And she offered, no joke, on our show, her services to, to use as a tier. So you get a psychic reading from oh, her. Oh, yeah, cool. That's amazing. So, yeah. We had a ghost yeah. on, her, uh, on our show. We did, uh, yeah. A few episodes back. Yeah. Yep. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, it was really neat. fun. Uh, so before we get too much further, <laughs> let's talk about your guys' other podcasts real quick, and then we're gonna move on. So you've got the something something podcast. You have the um, smells like teen horror you mentioned, and then I'm sorry, what was the paranormal one? Something about the unknown. Something about mm-hmm. the unknown. So are then, those the core three that you have? There's two more. We oh, produce yeah. one, and we're often on it, called LOL Lessons in Real Estate, which <laughs> yeah. is okay. hosted by uh, Micah Johnson, who is a great friend to us. And Actually, and, and I might add, um, we're offering a free download on our – I might as well plug it because you said Micah uh, – a free uh, download of our official song for Hillsborough Road. Um, but – she uh, she actually sang a cappella our our horror song. Oh, so, sweet, amazing! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Would love to yeah, hear that that's... for sure. Are you going to Williamson Farm? If you go there, you'll never return. Say goodbye to all that you know. Join the pigs on Hillsborough Road. Are you going to Williamson Farm? If you go there. Okay, so that's for for the podcast. What's the, what's the fifth one? It, that is the Not Your Average Christian Podcast. That is hosted by. Me, Larry, my pastor, and a friend from church. And with that, we just talk about, you know, life, um, trying to live the best life we can, help others, and, you know, serious topics like that. We did one recently on, you know, um, my battles with depression and stuff like that. Mm. Oh, man. So you guys get deep on that one. Oh, yeah. 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 
one. It's really hard because, you know, me and Larry want to bring the yuck yucks, and we do often the light in the situation. But that one we think of as more an outreach and ministry to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's cool yeah. as well. Yeah. All right, you guys want to get at it? You want to talk about these movies? Let's do it. So we... <laughs> let me let me set the framework real quick. Typically, when we do uh, pre-recording calls, we'll have a preliminary, we'll have a conversation, and we'll leave off and say, hey, you know, this is the topic. Get back to us in the next couple of days on, on your three films of that topic. So this conversation uh the preliminary eric told me instantly let's do 80s throwback and i was like okay perfect that's a great topic and he said okay great i have my three films right now and he gave them to me bang 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 right there on the spot so i was watching football drunk (laughs) i was like john you handle this the steelers are Uh, on yeah i'm a big steelers fan and it was like uh third quarter of a pretty intense game so i was like john you handle this uh prelim call Uh, i want to keep drinking but yeah, what? it it, uh, it was it was cool. So I'm I'm glad that you you quickly picked these. Um, so let let's let's get into these. So the the first um, can one. I, can I give an honorable mention before we go on? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. This one isn't set in the '80s, but it felt like something we would have all watched countless times on HBO, and that is Turbo Kid. Which is such a good Dude. freaking movie, man. Jamie's holding uh, love... his Guns N' Roses poster yeah. in his left hand for Larry and his Turbo I... Kid poster <clears throat> in his right hand for well, you. I actually <laughs> own the vinyl for Turbo Kid. That's how much oh I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I got these, the, the big box Blu-ray of it, but I, I didn't get it in time to get the vinyl or the one with the t-shirt, but... Come, come on, honestly, that would have been on just as many times as Beastmaster in the 90s. Oh, dude, absolutely. It, yeah. no, that, that movie nailed the post, post-apocalyptic 80s vibe, 80s if that's vibe. possible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they fucking nailed it. It's like a futuristic 80s like when, movie. When he's riding his bike to the theme song from uh, Rad... Ah, that's not the version from Rad. They didn't get the rights to it. That is the cover of the Rad version. Oh, well. Yeah. Jamie's uh, favorite, the movie he's going to go down in the coffin with is Rad. He's going to be holding it like fucking Nosferatu in his coffin. Yeah, I have the, uh, did you get the Vinegar Syndrome uh, copy of Rad? Not yet, but I do love the ending of that movie so much when these, Bitter rivals become best friends. Oh, I mean that's a typical that movie. I mean that's a typical <laughs> '80s movie. It's it's I mean, perfect. Yeah, dude, that's a that's a great uh, honorable mention for yeah, sure. Yeah, perfect. All right, so let's okay. get into the first one. Are we going to do it chronologically? How are we doing it? So I actually John's a big chronological guy. Well, I I have an order. I would like to discuss oh, these. Oh in. yeah. No, also John's big on this. He'll come up with his own order and not tell to the way, anybody to the way that he feels like they should be presented, and then he'll he'll tell you how he's going to present them. Okay, okay, so here we go. Let's do it, John. Eric, you can introduce this one. You don't know which one it is, but it rhymes with schmummer, schmay, schmore. Okay, <laughs> this is actually this is my number one. Um, and if you look up um, fan-made Nightmare on Elm Street trailer for a remake, the guy used this as the basis for it. And coming in at my number one is Summer of 84, 
a.k.a. Stranger Things' foul-mouthed cousin. The sheriff's office reports they're likely looking for a white male. Preferred targets appear to be males aged 12 to 16. It's a serial killer. Cape May Chronicle received a letter from an individual calling themselves the Cape May Slayer. There's a serial killer on the loose. What else could possibly be this exciting? Incoming titties. 12 o'clock. Guys, Nikki Keshuba. Scientifically the perfect woman. Huh. Better view of my room than I thought. Sweet dreams. Emergency meeting. Treehouse. Now, Mackie is the Cape May Slayer. Mackie's a cop with a sick reputation. Isn't counting on us. David. Hey. Guys, I'm freaking out, okay? Relax. You look like you're 30. It's gonna be fine. Now go. You're gonna get caught either by Mackie or your dad. I know I'm right about him. That doesn't prove anything. Are you with me? Yeah, honestly. Yeah. It truly is. And the, the, the one criticism, I mean, we swear like drunken sailors here, but that is the one, I, I don't want to talk about too many criticisms because I... I fucking love this movie. Yeah. I honestly do, and I watch it as it's a huge, huge staple of mine. Um, and I love how the kids have their arch- archetypes. Um, but the one thing about it is, it is the like the like like brimming sexuality of the kids, and how all they talk about is like porn and masturbating and swearing. That's the one criticism of the movie where I'm like, all right, but it doesn't have to mean every scene. I but, mean, I get that, but also they were really going to like Monster Squad, yeah. uh, that era, oh. and that's what fucking Monster Squad. This movie, I, I get super, I get more Monster Squad vibes than I do Stranger Things. Um, really? Be, well, let's be honest, Stranger Things is giving you uh, Monster Squad vibes yeah. and ET vibes, yeah. and you know, so like, I'm not saying it doesn't give you Stranger Things vibes, but and. I'm I'm as big of a Stranger Things fan as you're gonna get, but I think that Stranger Things was using other movies, and and it's it's not a it's not a knock on Stranger Things to say this isn't necessarily a Stranger Things reference. It's more of a Monster Squad reference. It's the things that inspired. Yeah, Stranger exactly. Things. Yeah, yeah. I, I get I get your point for sure. But no, I I love this movie. Um, we always like to give a quick synopsis of it, just for those that might not have seen it. But um, so I'll give you the IMDb version of that. But uh, after suspecting their police officer neighbor is a serial killer, a group of teenage friends spend their summer spying on him, gathering evidence. But as they get closer to discovering the truth, things get dangerous. Do you guys know... It's essentially Fright Night. Mackie. Yeah. I have Fright Night, Night written here. I have Stranger you. Things. I have Disturbia written yeah, here. Yeah. I have Rear Window uh, written yeah, here. Right. I have Monster Squad yes. written here. Yeah. I love all of those films. Um this movie's fucking great. But Mackie, the uh, the police officer that they suspect, do you guys yeah. know what uh, TV league, comedy he right? was on? The League. Uh, was he on The League? Yeah. I don't recall. Which guy was he on The League? I forget who, but he that's where he was, on The League. Huh. I had a very... I, I know which more, one you're going to go with, yeah, John. Go a, ahead. A deeper, more nuanced uh, reference, but he was on a few episodes of The Office. Right. When Pam really? goes to New York, uh, and she has those like little earbuds that she listens to her and Jim talk on the phone all day, he's like the shithead guy who's like, "Pam, 
I just gotta tell you, and he doesn't he's like the guy that Jim should, should be worried about. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I remember now. Yeah. No, we're just friends. That I love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you guys get the polygamous reference when they're at the rolling the bowling alley? No. Okay, so in the then there's this rumor that in the eighties in Portland there was this video game name polygamous. And basically, the rumor goes that the CIA put the game in these arcades to, like, try to recruit people for the army, and people would get sick and die after playing it. No a shit. Buddy, yeah, a buddy of ours did a really great short film called Polygamous based on that urban legend. I gotta, like, look into So, wait, this. what is the urban legend? The urban it's legend that, is there's this game that existed that was used as a recruitment tool that got people like fucked up and they died. Does that sum it up? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, just Google Polygamous Urban Legend huh. and you will have a great time watching stuff on YouTube. There's good short films and I mean when I was when I got my Blu-ray of the movie, I was screaming at my screen and going, Polygamous, <laughs> Polygamous. Yeah. <laughs> This film, though, summer of '84, I gotta say, where where Monster Squad gave me gives me and gave me humor and uh, nostalgia, and it, it it hit me in the feels. This movie is way darker, and these kids have to deal with some shit. Like they've got to deal with like alcoholism, single parents, divorce, um, and they're suspecting their neighbors of. They deal with almost too much. Yeah, and it. This movie tries to squeeze too much in. Oh, now you're getting critical of '84. I, I am a little bit critical of this movie. I love this movie, but I feel like the pacing's—it's a little bit too long for me. There is a fifth act, for sure. Like, it's like it's just a little bit too long. And the ending—we won't spoil the ending for those that haven't seen it—but it is—it's fucking dark. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I I wanted to. We'll discuss the ending off mic. Because I want to get your guys' perspective on something. What's funny is I've watched this movie like 37 times and I've finished it probably once. Because it's just <laughs> really? too, long, too long for me. Um, oh, I'm a dude. John and I talk about this all the time. Like We don't really watch movies. What are you even we, watching we lately? We put stuff on and fall asleep, asleep to. Lately. <laughs> because um, it's just like it's so hard for us to complete a movie nowadays. Our kids are just too, yeah. too young and too fiery. By the time we yeah. get to like... Like the time of night that I get to put a movie on is like ten at the earliest, and there's no way I'm fucking making it to midnight. There's just no way. So it's weird to say we, nowadays. But can, can we talk for a minute about the dad in this this film? Oh my god, he's such he a douche. Like, um, he, uh, I honestly thought he was one of the Wet Bandits. What's his name? <laughs> Dude, oh. no, wait. I thought it was him as well. His voice it's is so him, much like the, the one that was in Chud. Yeah. I, I, exactly. Larry Zerner or yes. it's not him, but I I know From exactly. From Bushwhacked. Yeah, him, him. But wait, is it actually the guy from uh Reno 911? Is that who the dad is? It's, it's I think not it's him, him either, but it looks like it. So the person that we're referring to is Daniel Stern, that he is not. Daniel Stern. Yeah. No, it's yeah, definitely it's not. not Daniel Stern. Who's the guy from Reno 911? Because that's him. I don't think so. Let's look it up. Do it. <laughs> so, you know this, this film was made in Canada? No, I did yeah. not know. Yeah. 
And the other thing I wanted to mention about this film, too, is the game that they're playing when they're outside. Which is, like, everyone has that childhood Man, game. Manhunter? And they call it fucking Manhunter? Yeah. I never played Manhunter. That's like, <laughs> no. hey, who wants to play, uh... Uh, genocide. Anyone want to play genocide first night? No, we used to play an exact version of that, but it was called Release. It, well, see, this is another thing. What was what yours are you called? Talking? Tag? I don't know. Tag. Flashlight tag? No. Did you guys never have like a group where you would like get together at night, only at night, and play? And just kill a friend? <laughs> <laughs> you always had that one friend who had to die, you know? I had this group of friends where we would meet in the woods and tell scary stories, but before we had to throw a thing of sand into the fire. I was going to say you guys fire. had <laughs> flammable sand onto the fire. Yeah, yeah, we were submitted for the approval of our club. <laughs> Sounds like a great club. My How uncle, doing? my uncle Zeke was a plumber, and he would uh, come help us. Do you guys have any? specific scenes that you want to touch on on this on this film um um the scene i want to talk about is the death we didn't see coming uh the big boy the big exactly. the big boy yeah i feel like we have to yeah. talk in code the, the the kid who looks like the guy from bad santa who also has an issue in the same area of his body with a similar device um, was that the kid from Trick, Trick or Treat? It was, yeah. Bad oh Santa God. kid, yeah. The, from, the same kid from Bad Santa, not yep. from Summer of 84. Oh, okay. okay. Right, right, yeah. yeah. No, not not Summer of 84. That was your favorite scene too, right, Larry? Oh, what is it? That was uh, your Trick... favorite scene also, right? The death we didn't see coming? Oh, yeah. All right, so for those that haven't seen it, we've given you ample time to pause, go watch the movie and return. Uh, a very critical character dies at the end, um, and it comes hot off the heels of like you've reached euphoria. You feel good has won over evil, yeah, and you feel a little settled. But the entirety of this film is very like it's off balance, and you never feel comfortable um, because you are insulated the entire time by things like a, a parents going through divorce or. A mother that's grappling with alcoholism or your friend who's, you know, potentially they allude to the fact that he's dealing with, you know, abuse at home. He's got a shitty older brother. And like, so you're never safe in any scene, like at any time, any of that can come up in any way. So finally, at the end, they guide you to this thing where it's like, okay, cool. I've reached the end of the line. I feel like we've won. We've accomplished what we came here to do. And then they completely unseat you yet again by killing off a major character. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I feel like that's very impactful. All right. Number All right. two movie. You want to introduce um, this one, Jamie? Which one are we doing? I have no idea what's on your list and your I'll brain. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> it's not a barn. Oh, it's All right, so 1984's The Shed. 1984's, no, this is 2019's The Shed. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. So this film was directed by Frank Sabatella, starring J.J. Warren and uh, Sophia Happenin. Did did you did you say that you guys interviewed Frank in the past? No, we had um, Justin M. Seaman on in the past. What was he involved in this film? 
No, he was involved in The Barn, my next movie oh, that I'm going to talk gotcha. about. So we're not talking about The Shed, we're talking about The Barn. I prepared I notes on the, the, barn, the Shed. Yeah. Don't worry oh. about that. So let's go ahead and talk about The Barn. Meet Sam. Josh. Michelle. Russell. Chris and Nikki. As they embark on a Halloween night they'll never forget. here all right so john and i watched the shed yep all right so it's um, the barn it's the barn even better a, like we, i said oh, you can talk about the shed i'll talk about the goodbye barn. everybody <laughs> i'm being buried alive as we speak i'm just burying myself alive in a barn in a shed <laughs> it's a distant cousin <laughs> all right so i full disclosure i've never seen the barn so i i have seen the barn so uh we're going to flip script real fast here, but go ahead, Eric. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce the barn? Excuse me while I watch the barn real quick, guys. I'll be back the in one barn, hour and 28 minutes. The barn is the movie that showed me you could make a movie in the 80s, set in the 80s with not a lot of money. Uh, basically, these four, or I think it was six friends, are going to a concert they stop along the way just to, I don't want to give too much away. They stop to hang out, and there is a legend of a barn in their town that if you go to it and knock three times, the candy corn scarecrow, the boogeyman, and the, the pumpkin guy, I forget his name, will come out and basically get you. And these, it really happens, and this town is set ablaze by these demons running around. What, uh, do you know where this uh, film takes place? I believe Pennsylvania. Yeah, Pennsylvania, because that's where Justin's from. Oh, Perfect. Cool. And how did you connect yeah, with him? How'd you, get, how'd you guys get in contact with him, the director of the film? Uh-huh. Well, now that I have a podcast, I can reach out to people I'm fans of, and instead of coming off creepy, I come off as a podcaster. <laughs> I, know, I know. We've done the same. As creepy podcasters, we totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, you hit up one of the, the directors from Tales of Halloween to come on the show, and we are slowly getting ready to schedule him to come on it. Whoa, great. Yeah. We just talked about that movie not long ago. No shit, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Um, John and I talk about this all the time. Like, we kind of got into this just to, like, like you guys, just, like, be able to talk as friends when the wives would leave us alone. Like, no, this is official business, babe. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then next thing we know, we're, like, interviewing people that it's like, what business do we have yeah, doing well, how this? How did we get yeah. here? Yeah. <laughs> We were just doing this to get drunk and chat about horror movies real quick so the wives would leave us alone, and here we are, like, interviewing prestigious people. What were you asking, Eric? Have you guys seen The Barn? I've seen it, yeah. I have not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, man, you're missing out, dude. It's on Amazon Prime right now. It's a definite must-watch. I'm going to check it out for sure. I watched the shed like three times for this fucking episode because okay, John told here's me. Here's the synopsis of here's the synopsis. This is what of I get barn. for getting drunk and watching football while you guys had the prelim call. Yeah, serves you right. But here's the uh, 
The barn. Ready? A hunter gets bitten by a vampire and runs into the shed. And, no, I'm what? fucking with you. <laughs> no, dude, I honestly, I was like, I'm tripping. I ate mushrooms before I sat down here. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to give you the actual synopsis. You fucking guy. <laughs> Alright, it's Halloween night. Okay, 1989. <laughs> you fuck. You had me there. I was like, wait, no, this is the shed. Best friends Sam and Josh are trying to enjoy what's left of their their final devil's night before graduating high school. But trouble arises when two pals and a group of friends take a detour on their way to a rock concert, finding an old abandoned barn and awakening the evil inside. Now it's up to Sam and Josh to find a way to protect their friends and defeat the creatures that lurk within the barn. So do you have any... Um, we won't spend too much time on this film because I fucked up and didn't give Jamie the proper film and I didn't rewatch this in preparation for the episode so uh, I should have had a pen in my hand and I just used my brain but um, Eric what's your your favorite scene of this film? Uh, me and Larry both have the same favorite scene I remember when we were watching I told him to check it out he called me laughing hysterically when the old man gets killed at the party who was the young boy in the beginning of the movie yeah, it just, it really cracked him up, and I have to, it's, it's home. You do know that was the little boy from the beginning, and that made him laugh even more, and, you know, he <laughs> went back and finished the movie after that. Um, I actually contributed to the Indiegogo for mm -hmm. um, the sequel. Oh. Did it get funded fully? Is it going to happen? Oh, yeah, it's fully funded. They're currently filming. Oh, nice. What's the sequel? Is it called The Shed? They just inventory the garden. The garden too. The Shed. I didn't know The Shed was set in the 80s. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> you know what's funny is I didn't either until I watched it, and it most certainly is. Yeah, that's the thing about it. Because when, when you said it, I was like, was that in the 80s? And then I, I had literally just like four or five days prior watched it. And then, I watched it as well, and ne it never even registered that it was eighties. So. Because it, it because it, it's not it's not a prevalent. But they don't have cell phone. Like it's clearly he's uh, using a Walkman there at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's clearly eighties. Yeah. Well, either way, it's fine. But great pick. We'll talk more about the barn on the next episode after Jamie has a chance to watch it. Um, so let's head to the last movie that we're all on the same page about and that we all love and is probably the best of these three films, in my opinion. Um, so Jamie, This one I'll introduce for real, okay? Okay. The Barn 2, Barns in the City. Yeah. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. The Apartment of the Devil. Um, it, no, this one is an amazing film, The House of the Devil. By Ty West. I can tell you like it. I love it. It's perfect. About the deposit, I'll agree to waive all the deposit stuff. You just give me the first months down, we'll call it a day, all right? It's hard coming up with all that money, isn't it? Uh, it's gonna work out. You're not the one with $84 in a bank account and a check to write on Monday. You know what you should do. Hi. I'm calling in regards to the babysitter flyer posted outside my dorm. Tonight's big eclipse is now well underway. I feel a little weird just dropping you out here. It's like in the middle of wherever we are. Two thousand nine. Uh, this one is really, oh, this great movie. Uh, Jocelyn Donahue, 
Tom Noonan was in that. I know I talk about this all the time. I'm pretty sure that guy comes to my family reunions. Somebody that looks just like him, but he was in that great episode of X-Files called Paper Hearts. Very creepy presence. That was him? Yeah, yeah. He was in uh, the episode about the, the like child killer um, who supposedly, like Mulder thinks that the story to what happened to his sister was that this guy was, he, she, she was one of his victims. Um, was it the Christmas land one? No, no, no. It was called Paper Hearts. Um, so Tom Noonan was in prison, and the, his calling card was like making these paper hearts um, associated with his victims. And uh, Mulder, I can't remember how it came to be, but like he caught wind that um, his sister was in the vicinity of where this person was, and he's like fucking with them the entire time, not telling him like yes I did or no I didn't. Um, kill your sister. So it's it's a very disturbing, very well acted episode. Tom Noonan's an incredible presence, and I think he carries that same sort of really creepy aura into this film too. That guy's great. He's also the killer in uh, the aforementioned Manhunter that you played outside with your friends. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, by the way, right? <laughs> yeah. No, that's all right. But this is a true 80s throwback. It takes, you know, it was directed in 2009, as Jamie said, by Ty West, but it takes place in 1983. Um, and it's about a, you know, financially struggling college student named Samantha Hughes, who takes this babysitting job, which is pretty strange. Um, on the same day that coincides with this, like, lunar eclipse, full moon experience that's happening. And she really takes this job to make sure she can afford this apartment because she's got like a Daniel Harris urban legend roommate kind of thing going on. Mm. Um, so she slowly realizes though that the babysitting gig, which will pay enough to cover her first month's first rent. Month, yep. Yeah. It doesn't really, um, doesn't really pan out the way she thought it would. So the difference between this film and the, two others that we're talking about here is this one was actually filmed in 16 millimeter. So not only does it have, you know, the set design and the cinematography of an eighties film, but it literally has like the same film hardware that, you know, would be associated. That comes through on it too. Yeah. Like it just feels like it's from the eighties. This is one of the first movies I recall actually being the, the eighties through the, this is one of the first movies I watched. I remember like, was like the eighties throwback. One of the beginning movies of that, like, yeah, because this was 11 years ago. Because I remember you and I watching this in Chicago going, like, oh my god, it's like we're in the 80s. Look at the fucking booths in the pizza shop. Yeah. We were, like, so taken aback by it, like, in a good way. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, again. And by the way, you can never give me an 80s throwback where I'll be like, oh, another 80s throwback. I feel like people are getting 80s fatigue nowadays. And I'm like, give me more. Yeah. Yeah. Take me back. But this this film in in general is is one of my one of my favorites that have come out in the past. Um, yeah, and I'm this ten years or so. To be honest, I'm not a huge Ty West guy. Um, Wait, why? I am a huge Ty West Wait. fan. In fact, yeah, no, we've never discussed this. It, it's not that I don't like him uh, because I love this movie, but 
Like, Do you like the, the innkeepers? innkeepers? No. Yeah. I, and it's not that I hate it. I just, like, it's not one I want to put on. But he does the best segment in VHS. I I haven't seen that in a while, so I'm going to defer and say, yes, you're right. But I don't know. I think The Innkeepers is my favorite film of his. Yeah, people love it. And can we talk about the elephant in the room that an amazing actress, a director, came out of this movie, Greta Gerwin. The friend who gets shot outside. Yeah. yeah. I have that she, scene written here. Yeah. Are you the babysitter? Yeah, that's holy the scene, shit, that, That's the scene for sure when you go like, okay, this movie's for real. And you know what else is funny is in The Innkeepers, the woman that wrote Girls... Mm-hmm. Isn't she yeah, the, the barista? The, the, the coffee shop, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's another one for you, yeah. Ty West. Great I'm job. Like, I remember as we were watching that, we were all like, oh, that's her. Yeah. Whatever her name is, I can't think of it. Okay, can we talk about my absolute favorite scene, though? Yeah. Which involves my karaoke song. So if I were to go do karaoke <laughs> right now, the song I would put on to sing to is The Fix, One Thing Leads to Another. Oh yeah, I like. I, I swear to God, yeah. I like. I can see you dancing, dude. This. I will. <laughs> I will reenact the scene where she knocks the vase over off the top, and that that the physicality of that vase falling and shattering is that's like the tipping point of the film. Yeah. Um. So I do think that that scene is really impactful and it's really neat and it's really cool. And by that point in time, like you've been exposed to a lot of the other nefarious activity that's going on, and like you know, as the viewer, like, okay, this is gonna get fucked up. Well, that's what I do like about Ty West is the way that he builds his films. Um, it, it's like everything kind of happens for a reason, you know, and everything leads to another. One thing leads to another. Yeah. Um, Get me in there. Yeah. So, but I, I will say that I do, I do love that about Ty West. And I, I fucking love this movie, so I'm not knocking it. Um, but Ty West in general kind of gets some of Whatever. We're not talking about him. We are We're talking about the movie, which I love. Do you have a favorite scene in this? Is it the Are You the Babysitter? It, so um, I don't know that I have one favorite scene, but that scene is the one. Like I said, that's the one where the movie turns. Like, okay, this just got real fucking serious. Um, I like honestly, if I were to pick a favorite scene, it probably would be them in the pizza shop, like fucking. Just eating in those booths, and I, I just remember the first time watching it, going like, "Whoa, this really is the '80s." Yeah, this that's why Greta Gerwig, she's like eating that pizza, and then all of a sudden yeah. she's like, "This is disgusting." Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about you uh, guys? My, Larry, you're gonna have to give a spoiler warning because he called me screaming about this scene, and I'll never forget it. But um, my favorite scene, this is going to sound weird, the pizza scene is up there, but I love the opening credits. Yeah, I love those oh, as yeah. well. I, 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 I my, totally That traditional agree. like yellow yeah. text, yeah. It reminds me of the opening of Labyrinth when she's, you know, walking through her small town in her Elizabethan dress. And that completely sucked me into the movie. Did you say of Labyrinth, Eric? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great throwback. Great call-out. I love that movie as well. Never, okay, really, now never really put these two together. 
Yeah, tr- try watching those two openings back together. It's crazy how similar they are. That would be such a weird double feature. Could you imagine <laughs> that? Like, all right, boys and girls. Starting off with Labyrinth. Labyrinth and... Then we're going to have a very strange uh, satanic ritual yep. to end out the night. What do you guys think of the ending of this film? That's what I called Eric on. You know, Eric. Eric's funny in a way. Not really, but the way he treats me in horror film. Uh, so obviously, um, <laughs> the stuff that he watches, I'm like, Eric, really? But he said to watch this. I was watching. I was like, oh, my God. And then all of a sudden the end. And this is I couldn't believe I couldn't believe I met Eric in church. And he wanted me to watch this. Yeah, that's really funny. I mean, the end of this film, though, is it's intense and um, it does it does have it's most certainly you know the pentagrams the satanic ritual the the whole oh. gamut of like that element of horror is is definitely a thing and the movie's such a slow burn and it's like this mounding tension 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 and you're like okay i know that the end is going to be scary i know that the end is going to be intense but i don't i don't quite know where they're going to go with this and then it really like it's a gun it's a bullet sh- flying out of the barrel like it really it happens. So like the third act of this film is very, very intense. It's very, uh, it's scary. Uh, and the end is really, really fucked up. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, when people ask me the question, like, Hey, you're the horror guy. What do you recommend? What's good. That's come out recently. This is what I push them to. This, this is one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites Mm of the two thousands for sure. Yeah. Without a doubt. Guys, this has been awesome. We're we're gonna make sure we circulate your Indiegogo information. Um, we get it out there in the world. Uh, best of luck on on financing it, and and we know that with whatever wherever you land on on funding the project, you guys are gonna do the best with it, and it's gonna be great. So and we cannot wait to see the finished product product of uh, Hillsborough Road. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Take care and good luck with everything.